Hi everyone, Valerie here for the Ladies of Kamikaze podcast for May 2018. This month we're talking about what everyone else has been talking about all month, and that would be Avengers Infinity War. Before we get started, there were a few items I wanted to share. This month we're joined by Foebe Sinclair. We met her recently at our fanfiction theater event, and we were so impressed with both her reading and her Marvel knowledge, we knew that her expertise would be a welcome addition to this episode. You'll hear her introduce herself later in the podcast. Secondly, we recorded this episode in the basement of our beloved Kamikaze. Because of that, you might hear some additional background noises that you don't normally hear in our episodes. The last item I wanted to do was give you a spoiler warning. Since we're talking about a movie, if you haven't seen it yet, there's a good chance you might get spoiled. With that taken care of, let's get to the good stuff. Before we get into the goods, we're going to just take a minute to introduce ourselves and our special guest. As usual, I am Valerie, also known as Smallery on the blog, and with me is... Elise, Tiny Doom on the blog. My name is Fuebe. I'm unfortunately not on the blog, but maybe that could change. <laughs> I have my own blog. I am an area community worker and writer, and I like to wander, which is part of the reason why I'm in this room now. And you can find me at wholeheartlocal.com. I'm Erin, also known as The Red Menace. And I'm Cartoon Sarah, who hasn't seen Infinity War yet, so I'll just be talking about the other movies and saying that Shuri is awesome occasionally. (laughs) (laughs) I only just saw the movie yesterday, so it's pretty fresh in my head. Before we start getting into all of the feelings, I wanted to get around the room initial impressions of the film. I will start us off, because I actually had a day off to use so i used it to go see infinity war and i went by myself at 10 30 in the morning it was a kind of a rainy day the theater was much more full than i thought it would be but it was silence and everyone just sort of filed out of the theater alone and a little lost looking and it was raining outside like the sky was crying along with everyone so it was just this very deep experience Compared to leaving from Black Panther, which was a joyous experience, and everyone was like, yes, I want to go out and do Wakanda forever. It fit within the realm of what they've been doing, so it made perfect sense to me in that space. Tone-wise, it was a departure from a lot of the other movies that they had worked on in terms of how people were experiencing it during the film, which was a lot of silence. And then... After the film, which was a lot of silence. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of black screens. I kept waiting for the to be continued to scroll across the bottom, X-Men cartoon style, but it never happened. And that gets to how I felt about it, which was overall, it was fine. But mostly it was half of a movie. So I'll tell you how I feel about it when I see the other half. That's a pretty fair assessment. Everyone had seen it before I had. Mm. So an entire week had gone by and the internet was almost already over it. Mm. But for me, the feeling was this sort of feeling of incompleteness, but also I guess I thought that it was going to make me more emotional than it Mm. actually did. Yeah, same. So it had a couple moments. But let's be honest, let's get into the nitty gritty about what we felt worked and what we felt maybe didn't work as well. The thing that I came here wanting to talk about first and foremost, was the way that they dealt with Thanos as a character. How many of us have actually read Infinity Gauntlet? Me. So, me. Okay. So not Foy, babe, and almost everyone else. To give a little bit more of background on Thanos as a character, at least in my memory, he was really much more one-dimensional. 
yes. than they made him in the movie. Mm-hmm. He's just kind of really ruthless and terrible in the books. I don't know if I felt that way. I actually really? didn't just write a post on this. Which I d- hadn't read at the time because I right because it's spoiler <laughs> It's spoilery. Even in the books, I don't think of him as one-dimensional at all. He's motivated for sure by one thing, and at least in the comics, that thing is death. He's literally in love with death, who is a woman. Mm-hmm. So he's in love with Lady Death, and everything that he does is to impress her, to get her to even just talk to him. Right. So he's this kind of desperate, talk to me, please. I'll do whatever it takes to impress you. They changed that, obviously, in the movie, and they made his motivation a little bit more ecocentric which I actually thought was a really interesting choice and I wasn't sure if it felt like a strong a motivation for everything that happened so I actually think I mean, he's a comic book character he is initially right. a little one dimensional yeah. and they give him a backstory and they explain him eventually in his traumatic childhood but he's a little more one dimensional that said I vastly prefer that motivation I think yeah. my problem with Thanos in the movie is that you kept telling me he cared about the world and most importantly you kept telling me he cared about Gamora Mm. you didn't show it and I didn't believe it I thought that was such a cop-out that's a really interesting perspective (laughs) my feeling about it is that they spend a lot of time trying to create a relationship that I never really felt was there to begin with And I did like that they at least made some sort of effort to make Thanos more than just a bad guy. Because I'm a sucker for character development. Mm -hmm. But that character development needs to be something that's going to drive the story in a good way. Because I would have been totally fine if he was just a bad guy. Obsessed with power. That's fine because there's so many other characters that needed those little beats of character development to make the story work. And I feel like other characters were sort of left out in the cold because of that. My one experience of Thanos in comics was one of those giant issues, and it was a story specifically about Thanos and Gamora as a kid. So my only experience of the character is as this sort of bizarre foster dad. Huh. Which I don't is, know that's what... That's a retcon for Yeah, Thanos. yeah. She was not his foster daughter in the original stories. Uh, but so. this was years ago. And this is when I was a kid. So it must have been in the 90s that I saw this book. Yeah. I think they did add it eventually. She doesn't come up in Infinity Gauntlet, I don't think. So Nebula was... Oh, Nebula maybe I'm Potentially yeah, his granddaughter. Yes. That must be the cat. And it was bald. Yes. Yeah, blue. Yeah. Because she gets the gauntlet at Uh, one point which i really hope happens yes if they don't do that whole thing especially given how much in the movie the relationship between thanos and gamora is complicated a little bit convoluted i feel like they didn't really lay that groundwork as much and it's not her most interesting relationship her most interesting relationship is her relationship with nebula yes Mm -hmm. man i watch guardians like 15 times and i still get teary about Mm. their relationship Thanos uses that relationship to manipulate Gamora for Mm -hmm. sure in Infinity War, but that's about it. And I really wish that we had seen more of that relationship, especially in light of Nebula possibly getting the gauntlet at some point. Mm -hmm. I also felt like there was this weird paralleling of Thanos and Tony Stark. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. There was. Okay, I'm glad someone else. Expand, please. (laughs) So both of them are really bent on their goal and in a way bent on saving the universe. 
in their own ways. So Thanos thinks that if you eliminate half the population, everything will be better because people won't just reproduce again <laughs> for some reason. Tony Stark just wants to stop all of the threats, but they're both willing to sacrifice what they think of as their primary relationship. So Thanos, Gamora, and Tony Stark, Pepper Potts. See, I saw it differently. I actually saw it as, again, that weird parental relationship. For Tony Stark, the thing that gets sacrificed, because Doctor Strange says there's only one way that this is going to work, and Tony Stark just has to stand there and let it work, and that way sacrifices spider-man to me that was where i saw the parallel that one's there too but i really think his willingness to just ignore pepper and go off and save the world every time is that same sort of you say you love this person but ultimately your selfish interest in being a savior is more important to you yeah and that's always been one of the bases of his character anyway so I'm just interested, too, to see what happens to Tony's story as one of the few people left. Is this about him being a different person in order to save the world? We'll see. I miss the Thanos environmentalist element. I couldn't quite figure out what he was trying to gain. Because they would give the little flashes of the world, but there were people in it. So it never occurred to me that he had an interest in the world itself until... We see he's like, oh, now I'm sitting on this lovely hill. It was the comic book logic. I wasn't following the path so that was being put my down. My impression is that they kind of reverse engineered it. They felt that they had to go from the original idea of Thanos eliminating half the population of the universe and then worked backwards to figure out why he wanted to do that because they weren't going with the Thanos is in love with a skeleton woman who has breasts because heaven forbid we think the skeleton might not be female <laughs> so instead they gave him the backstory of Jor-El right superman's dad wait what think about it Jor-El is trying to save krypton his solution because he can't save his world is to send his son elsewhere to live on and carry on the legacy Thanos' solution is he does not save Titan, so now everyone else needs to just remove all those extra people who are clogging up the resources. If there were less people, then Titan wouldn't have run out of resources, and right, exactly. what happened wouldn't have happened there. So he's just, you know what, I'm just going to fix the universe by cutting out half of the people. Right. randomly. And balance will then be restored, and the universe can continue on, and people won't start. As opposed to what happened to the original Titan, which was Thanos. <laughs> right, <laughs> Thanos. <laughs> Thanos happened. <laughs> One thing I did like about the character, even though generally the Blitz characters don't interest me, was how much time he took to speak. Because I'm used to the villain ramble. Bam, 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 bam. I'm bad, I'm bad, I'm bad. And in this case, he just very calmly places down the breadcrumbs of how he's going to go about his mastermind of destruction. I appreciate how much time they are taking to tell the story, even if they aren't necessarily stitching it the way that one might hope so that you can actually understand what's going on. Yeah. I agree with that. I'll say for a nearly three-hour movie, it didn't feel like it. For me, it did. I was like, when is this movie going to be over? (laughs) (laughs) That's how I often feel in movies. That's how I feel about most of the Marvel TV shows. Mm. I will admit, there were a couple times where I was not the most engrossed in that film, and I was thinking things like, are Captain America and Bucky going to... Make out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> make out. Hang out, make out. 
are they going to have some time together? When are we going to get to Wakanda? <laughs> I think also things. there was a tension in the theater. I pick up yes. other people's yeah. tension Agreed. very easily. So for me, I'm like, it's a comic book movie. Things are going to happen. They're not going to make sense. I don't care. It's fun. But people were stressed. Yeah. So it made the movie tenser. So it made ah. me want to get out of the theater faster. This movie could be over now. So all these depressed people... I don't know why they're so engaged in this, but they are. So this can be over. I saw on social media some straight up anger. People who really didn't know what was coming were real, real mad. But why? It's a comic book movie. It spent 10 years, I guess, laying the groundwork of uh, these characters. And yeah. Just Ash away. It's comic book world because Ash has come back. Exactly. Right. Well, it's a soap opera. Nobody dies. Yes. I mean, yes, people die. But then they always find some way for them to come back, especially when you know there's going to be sequels. That's the thing that's so funny is Marvel has announced the yeah. second phase of the movies. So we know. They did feel disingenuous, <laughs> however, to send people in. And I think that's part of the reason why people were angry. I had no idea that this was going to be half of a film. I thought, uh, I watched all these films, and now this is the payoff. Great. And now there'll be a whole new direction that they'll go in. I don't know what it'll be, but I'll be done with this. Actually, I agree. I kind of did go in that way, too. Because I, I have this thing where I will only watch one trailer for mm. a movie now, and then I don't want to know anything else about it. I want to go in mm -hmm. fresh. And so I I thought the big showdown was going to happen way sooner in the movie, mm -hmm. and then you'd be dealing with the aftermath as the other half of the movie. Mm-hmm rather than it being the whole first movie. They Peter Jackson, yeah. The Hobbit did this. Yeah, yeah. You took a story that did not have to be as long, and you definitely you drew it out. It. Yeah. And so I agree. The trauma wasn't so much that it happened, but that it happened at the end of a movie mm -hmm. that people thought was the end mm -hmm. of something. Right, that you were going to have some sort of a different resolution. Yeah, and I think it got, got, yeah. it got spiraled, too, because by the... Three quarters in, I think I realized that this was not going to end. So I suspected other people around me were realizing, oh, crap, this was a trick. Yeah. <laughs> they got me in this seat. Yeah. This is only one. I have no idea how many other movies they're going to stretch this out, Hobbit yeah. style. Just one more. It's coming out next May, and I don't think there's a ton in between that isn't Ant-Man, who wasn't even in this mm -hmm. one. I think what comes in between doesn't build on this stuff so much. It's more incidental. Yeah. Well, and that's and what Ant I'm curious Ant -Man about. Ant-Man takes place before Infinity War. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. That's what I was going to ask. Before Infinity War. Got it. Yeah. One so. fear that I had about Thanos, though, was that he was going to be, like, a black guy. So there would be this giant purple black guy <laughs> destroying the universe. Oh. And so when I went in, I was like, I don't think he's black. How do you know they're in makeup? But I'm still kind of... I don't want to go in there and see this. Good news, Josh yeah, Brolin Josh is Brolin. definitely white. Oh, white. White guy. Large white man. Real, real white guy. Yeah. Like usual. I just, I just didn't want that. I didn't want Marvel yeah. to lead up to that. Yeah. Actually, to have T'Challa ash away really destroyed some people. As yeah. you said, you just had this huge affirming experience mm -hmm. in the theater and then your next experience was so watch wakanda go down and right Bye -bye. Yeah. <laughs> yeah i was pretty mad about that because one of the reasons that i was so excited to see the movie is there are scenes in wakanda and yeah. i'm really excited and bucky's there it's gonna be great and then you just watch nope. everything yeah, everyone yeah Ash away <laughs> i also kind of liked that i appreciate that they trust their audience I feel like they're writing movies to an audience that they understand 
will come to the mm-hmm. movies. Yes. So I appreciate that. But on the other hand, it's this dance of how much do you give to your audience? How much can you jerk the chain? Yeah. They give it, then they take it away. Well, <laughs> and for those who do know or are paying attention, there's not as much emotional investment in all those characters ashing away. Because you know at least most of them have to come back. Right. If right. not just because you understand how comics work, because you understand how movies work. Right. And we right. have a Spider-Man you... Homecoming sequel coming mm-hmm. out. And we have the Guardians of Gar- the Galaxy. <laughs> not just Rocket of the Galaxy. <laughs> running around sad because all of the other Guardians Although, <laughs> I'm totally signing up for a Rocket and Thor movie. Yes. Oh, like, oh yes. They're gonna yeah. call it Pirate Angel and Bunny. Yeah. Oh, Pirate so Angel cute. and Bunny. <laughs> yeah. Someone Pirate needs to write this. Yeah. Direct, wait, directed. Wait, wait, wait. Directed we have to by Taika. Our fan yeah. fo- a fanfic network right now. Yeah. Yeah. Somebody yes. needs to write. That. And then mail it to Taika Waititi. He will direct it. <laughs> I'm in. Yay. But now, Valerie, we should probably talk. It's interesting how little we have talked about the women. I think that's telling. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. and it was because I wanted an opportunity to talk about the movie in general before we went into this because I have feelings Mm -hmm. about how women were treated in this movie Mm -hmm. and I have feelings about how Marvel treats women in movies and I have real strong feelings about Black Widow. Where to start? Yeah. Yeah. Let's start with her. What did Black Widow do in this movie? She had a new haircut. She went went blonde. She's blonde. She went blonde. How long has she been an Avenger? The whole time, Valerie. Really? And how much more do we know about her than we did from the first Avengers movie? Almost nothing, Valerie. <laughs> yeah. Especially almost nothing because I have chosen to put Age of Ultron in the vault. So anything that happened with her in Age of Ultron is just locked away where I never have to think about it again. Because that was with the crystal so skull. With the crystal skull. <laughs> I can remember back before Wonder Woman had come out, before that was even in the ether, seeing a meme comparing DC and Marvel, basically saying, Warner Brothers at that point was like, yeah, I guess we might make a Wonder Woman movie if we really have to. And Marvel was portrayed as the winner on that front because Black Widow had a prominent role in whatever movie was current at the time. Sass and romantic interest in the Hulk is not a strong female character. And I was thinking, this is like saying that in a two-person race, one person won because they ran halfway through the race and got tired, but the other person turned around, ran two steps into the other direction, and then fell over. Yeah, Yeah, no one is looking. No one is really winning. Someone just got a little further along than the person who didn't even try. Yeah. Yes. To add insult to injury, Jessica Jones, okay, the second season I heard is not great and I haven't watched it yet, but the first season wasn't bad and I was starting to get hope that maybe Marvel was taking baby steps. But no. Why is she even there? And then every couple years there's this rumor, oh, there's going to be a Black Widow movie. I don't know if I care anymore. What other women were in the movie? Poor Nebula, suspended from the ceiling yeah. for like half yeah. of it. Right. Gets tortured. Yep. Especially when, as Elise was saying earlier, and probably saying this because we're sisters, that sister dynamic is one of the best parts of mm. the universe. Yeah. I could watch Nebula and Gamora all day. They're great. How they love, hate each other mm. and torment each other. I was confused even why that was happening because I was trying to figure out the Thanos, Nebula, Gamora thing. The relationship wasn't established. I mean, between them, yes. But between them and the dad, 
Rather than he made them fight He's each other. Rather than he made them, them. fight. Right, right. But why would he not have just killed Nebula? Even the comic book logic of this is just senseless. The implication is that he knows that Gamora actually cares about yeah, Nebula. Is, is lover. She's he lovering. understands that she still cares about her, so he's using her to get to Gamora. Yeah. But I again, I had a hard time buying it. I was like, ah. It seemed to me like an opportunity to slip in some woman-hating aggression that you can't actually do in the mm. film normally. And I don't know, I'm not saying that the men who are writing this, and or women, are aware of these dynamics, but to me, it was gratuitous, and I thought that it was indicative of something else. The posture they had her in was absolutely gratuitous. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You could have had her in a chair. Yeah. Being tortured. I mean, you, you know, there's plenty of torture scenes and chairs. Slayed out. Yeah. Right. It's a major problem. But I think you're right that part of the problem is that people don't necessarily think about the optics of that stuff. Mm-hmm. The other female character who is not one that I've ever really felt strongly about is the Scarlet Witch. And on the surface, mm-hmm. you're like, yeah, awesome. She's protecting Vision. She comes off as stronger than Vision. But what else do you know about the Scarlet Witch besides the fact that she dates Vision? She had a brother. And she, she had a brother who died. <laughs> died. Yeah. The complete context of her character is in relation to the male characters, yes. and there's nothing about her. Yes. Well, that's an excellent point, Elise. How many of the female characters are we aware of? That isn't in that situation where what we know about them is their relationship to men. Or their relationship is not in relationship to men is the ladies of Wakanda. Yeah. <laughs> just like Shuri yeah. and... Right. And we get to see them for all of five seconds. And, and, yeah. yeah. And right. In this particular to, movie. She does get to slap down Bruce Banner for being a dummy. So that was good. Yeah. <laughs> I also thought it was curious. There is a scene where there are three of the women fighting together. It's Black Widow... McCoye? McCoye. And then... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it Scarlet Witch? Scarlet Witch. And they're fighting, and I was like, will they speak to one another? Yeah. Nothing. (laughs) They don't actually speak. And I was like, you just messing with people? Like, why'd you even put them in the same space? Because they're just there to be strong female characters. Isn't that enough for us girls? But I'm not gonna lie. What more are we gonna ask of those poor writers? (laughs) The fact that they were fighting with each other... Mm. And I did get a little, yeah. They don't talk to each other, but they talk to the evil guys. Yeah, and so that that scene did make me feel good. I was like, oh look, they're working together. You haven't inserted anything in here to divide them, Mm. and they've come together. And so that I did like. But yes, it could have been so much more. But this is where we are. I'll take a breadcrumb. I did think of one lady character who doesn't actually have a relationship bound to men, and it's Mantis. True. Yeah, that's true. Who is is mostly played for comic relief. Right. True. And who came under fire for being problematic in other ways. Right. I'm not excusing Mm -hmm. the other ways in which she's problematic. She just kind of has a bromance with Drax. It doesn't seem like there's relationship there. They're just weird pals. I hope there never is. Drax clearly is interested in Thor. Absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't even subtle. They didn't even... Is that Thrax? If we were to ship that? Yes! That's easier to say than drawer. That's <laughs> <laughs> stupid. But the movie what opens with the discussion between Tony Stark and Pepper about babies. Uh-huh. I was like, what is I know, this nonsense? Yeah, with yeah, that. I know. Who cares? <laughs> Even Pepper didn't care. <laughs> yeah. Stop trying to turn me into breeder, Tony. Yeah. She was just like, no, you don't, you don't want a baby. What's wrong with you? Also, it's such a Tony thing to do. To be like, for five minutes, this is the thing that I want. We're going to settle down. If I were Pepper, I would have been like, no, we're done. 
<laughs> we're yeah, so done. She was close. Yeah. And then he does exactly what she predicted, which is like, you can't have a baby because you can't. Again, you're addicted right. to being a hero. You yeah, can't right. stop yourself. She can have a baby with somebody else yeah. who is not him. If she wants a baby. Why does she need a baby? She's running this company. Who's going to watch this baby? What other women are in the movie? Is that everybody? Is that it? Are we done? There are like women screaming on the street, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but beyond that, I think we might have hit on the characters. mom, we see her for a hot minute before she gets oh, murdered. Yeah. Well, and then the way they treat Gamora is very shabby. Everyone gets reduced to Disney princess. This is something that's good for us to talk about. Am I the only one who was kind of pissed off that Gamora was all, Oh, Peter, I love you more than anything in the world. Yeah. even happened? No! They <laughs> brought it out for this movie. Yes. 30 seconds of relationship. Here's my beef with Hollywood. Romantic love isn't the only kind of love that can drive self-sacrifice. Friendship and family that you create outside of your biological family, Guardians of the Galaxy, can be enough of a motivator to do something. That was the thing that made me the most angry. Mm-hmm. Because we have spent two movies... Watching them create this family unit. We already knew that they were willing to put their lives down for each other. We knew that. Also, what has Peter done to deserve her? Deserve <laughs> might not be the best word. He's nagged her and nagged her and nagged say, her. I was going to say, the 80s trope. He finally wore her down. Yeah. That persistence gets the girl. Right. right. Until exactly. she's finally just done. Because so she was just yelling at him in the last movie mm. about being hot-headed and not listening to people and putting them all in danger. They keep doing it. Oh, and he does it again! <laughs> the heteronormative the hammer picture. is what I call it. Yeah. It's the heteronormative <laughs> hammer. The hammer comes down and just smashes the movie, and then, like, magnets or lips get sucked together. Right. They can only be male, quote-unquote, and right. female, quote-unquote. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but haven't we already established a relationship between two individuals where they're willing to die for each other and it's just not necessarily a romantic relationship? I'm just going to keep bringing everything back to Bucky and Captain because oh. I think that they're... Ready. I thought you were talking about Rocket and Groot. <laughs> they're yeah. that too. True. No, Absolutely. In Guardians, again, you were talking about family and friendship ties being something that can inspire you to self-sacrifice. That's in Guardians too. Yondu gives up his life to save Peter. Yeah. In Guardians <laughs> 1, also, Groot right. gives yeah. up his life. So there's not this need to always make it about romantic love. And the movies know that. So it's weird when they do. And it's not just romantic love. It's heterosexual. Yeah. Yeah. I I was going to say the deep, heavy undercurrent of homophobia that seems to be in the beating heart of the movie industry is enormous in these kinds of films. There's something about these play films that they can't make it over the wall. Right. You can only imagine to a point. I yes. loved yeah. Black Panther, but they totally straight washed Okoye. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. If you read the books, she yeah. is lover with she has a, a yeah. man. And they just <clears throat> cut that right out. What are they afraid of? Do they think that people will not go to the theaters? It's a hard call because... I don't know, and maybe part of it is my lack of faith in people. Remember when they had two men dance with each other for a hot literal second in the live action Beauty and the Beast? And suddenly the world exploded. And yet the world still turns and here we are. Right. So but like there was this whole thing. Wow. There was this whole thing. And where's that line? It's well, like if you look at it's, Hollywood it's, it's and, okay in some contexts and not in the well, other because well, of the base. With, their base. With Black Panther, and I hate to say this. 
I really hope I'm wrong and it's not the case. And even if it is, I wish it wasn't. But I worry that they thought it was already risky enough doing a movie that was pretty much entirely a black cast. That they didn't want to add. That they didn't want to add the potential risk, Mm. and I'm making finger quotes here, of having a homosexual character in it as well. And I hope that's not the way the world is. I hope if it had happened that no one would care and it would have still been as popular as it was, but Hollywood is risk averse. Yes, it is. I think they'll get there, but I feel like you're allowed to show homosexual relationships in artsy movies. We're allowed to show it in anything that's not super mainstream. And comics themselves, as we were just discussing, Mm -hmm. have it. So I think we'll get there, but... I also think that there's this weird idea that it's a small number of people, that queerness is just a really small subset, so we don't have to worry about their dollars, Mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) because I do think everything comes down to money in the commercial world. Hollywood also has a very short memory. Every 10 years or so, Hollywood will rediscover, oh, women go to see movies by themselves (laughs) without men or within the company of other women. People who are not white go to see movies. And women go to see movies that aren't the Sex in the City movie. Mm. Right. Taking the example of the Sex in the City movie, which I have never seen, I've never seen an episode of the show, why was it a surprise to anyone that an extremely popular television show turned into a movie was a big success? It was something more male-centric, more male-targeted, there would have been no question that this was going to be huge, but yeah. as soon as hey. the primary audience is women, it's like, I don't mm-hmm. know. Right. Maybe. Sex in the City weird. did better than the Entourage movie. Did anyone actually see that? No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'm saying. They forget these are all people who live their lives and spend money. <laughs> <laughs> and they're among your friends <laughs> are people who identify as all of these things. Yeah. You may even know a woman who goes to the movies. <laughs> you may even know a woman. Yeah. <laughs> In a full stop. <laughs> I had hoped by the end of the movie, before I realized that it was not going to be an end, I was like, oh, what are the chances that a lot of major male characters will be killed off and they'll be able to shift the ideas and the storylines away from just men and men's issues. I was like, well, if they kill all these dudes, maybe, just maybe, there'll be a little sprouts. And it'll be like, oh, look, Black Widow, where did you come from? Wow. You've been here the whole time? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, maybe it'll shift the whole dynamic. But then I was like, oh, no, this movie's not really ending. My one little kernel of hope is the end credit scene. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Which will bring in Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. who is a woman mm-hmm. who I really love as a character and part of the reason I like her as a character is she's kind of mean mm-hmm. we talked about Wonder Woman and how it's well you took two steps forward and that'll be considered really great Wonder Woman as a character is still portrayed as many women are as founded on love and compassion Carol is not that way Carol is kind of a bitch she's tough She's a fighter pilot. And I think a big part of that is that Carol was created a lot more recently, at least in her Captain Marvel incarnation. And part of the problem that we run into when we're talking about, well, why isn't there more representation for for women, for queer people, etc., etc., is that these comics that these are based on are very old. 
And there's some willingness to stray away from the source material, but not a ton. And the source material underneath the source material is romance comics, right? Because that's like the beginning of Marvel. I feel like that comes up in a lot of this stuff. I mean, not entirely, but I'm aware of that origin. And I feel like it certainly showed up in this movie. I'm like, where did all this romance come from? I am not privy to this. As the one in this room right now who's probably the most sucker for a good romance... I was left pretty cold by Infinity War. I wasn't really feeling it. And I love me some corny romance. But there still has to be chemistry, and there really mm-hmm. wasn't. Tony and Pepper probably have the most, and then he just spoiled all of that with that baby talk. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like the raccoon in the tree have more chemistry. I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> Less romance, more bromance. <laughs> but, but that's really fair. You feel those more mm-hmm. genuinely than you mm-hmm. do any of the romantic pairings currently. Right. When Tony and Bruce had that little moment mm. of seeing each other again. <laughs> Science bros. Today, actually, I even saw a couple of articles about will they ever bring some of the Netflix characters mm-hmm. into the cinematic universe. And Carol and Jessica Jones are friends. I'd like to see some female friendships. Yes. That's one thing that Jessica Jones is a Netflix show did really well. And I'd like to see that in the cinematic universe. The one thing that really worried me about the movie is that love is not violence. And what they essentially created in the scene between dad and daughter mm-hmm. is love is violence. And yes. when the character says, well, he doesn't love me, she's right. And then, yet he gets the soul stone anyway. Right. Yeah, and then I was like, so what you was just right. did was you proved that love is violence. And that's a dangerous thing to tell your audience. Right. They should have thought a little closer about what they were doing. That's really valid because I remember how uncomfortable and angry it made me that that twisted version of love was enough to be valid and count. What are you doing, universe? You are literally the worst father and you just got rewarded for that. You proved it. You're a terrible dad. But because somehow you made a sacrifice. Because you can truly mourn. She made a sacrifice. You gave up nothing. If you're going to mourn, come on, some tears. Come on. The guy's like, I don't have time to mourn. Uh." You can do at least a one tier. A single man tier. Single man tier of the beer. I would like for us to take a second to talk about what we would like to see happen in the next movie. We could mm. write the next one. If I had my way for the next phase of the Marvel Universe, what I would like to see is I want my Ms. Marvel movie. Yes. I want it so bad. And I think it's really easy to put her in the Spider-Man movie. Yeah, totally. Yes. And then branch her off from there. And you know what? With Spider-Man not having made it... Maybe it could happen sooner. Maybe she pops up to help fight for the second round before he comes back. Or or with Captain Marvel. And that's how her story starts. Yeah, that's actually true. That's my dream for that's moving dream. forward. And I also want a little bit more between Black Widow and Winter Soldier. Because there is a past mm. there that they keep hinting at. Even if my character development for her has to come through him... At least I want something because she's really interesting and she has been through a lot of stuff and there's a lot of things that she knows. That's my dream. I'm cautiously optimistic for the Captain Marvel movie and for Captain Marvel. I just really want her to be what I want her to be. Mm-hmm. I just wanted them to give her the right hair. Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> I want the mohawk and I want the helmet and I want her to be tough and And people- not just... Flat sassy. Right. No, 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 no. I don't want her to be completely likable. That's actually one of the things Mm. that I like about Carol, is that she's not totally likable. But also just no more swishy hair on women. Yeah, Mm. no more rope hair. (laughs) Action hair, just no. 
today. I don't even have that much hair. It was windy and it was a complete and utter pain. So there's no way you're fighting with hair like that. Sure, in the real world, every superhero female has an elastic band around her wrist. She's like, puts it up in a ponytail, has a messy bun, and then fight. I think mostly I just want them to let the characters be the characters. A lot of times I think what goes wrong in these kinds of films is that they keep forcing the hand of the work. If you let the work write the way that it wants, these things will sort of shake out if you have enough writers in the room that have a broader experience. So my wish is hire more writers who are oriented towards the world that we live in and let the characters be the characters and not constantly force them in directions like suddenly Black Widow needs to be shacking up with Hulk. Why? Her hand was forced. I felt. They can do it. This is so much fear. They can just like back off the fear. Let the work speak for itself. Right. A character can still have a satisfying arc and be happy without having to fall in love at the end of it. Yes. Let Hawkeye be a loser. Yes. <laughs> and I'll give you mine. Give Nebula the gauntlet. Yay! <laughs> Team Nebula! I'm waiting for her moment to come and I think it's going to be great because I also like Karen Gillian. So. Yeah. Yeah. She's like the best and the worst to have it. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. I just want to see her wreck some stuff. Absolutely. A beautiful mess. Well, I think that's it then for us tonight, guys. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. Super cool. I've <laughs> never been a guest like this before. <laughs> well, we hope that you'll consider coming back another time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we clearly have a lot to talk about. Okay. <laughs> All right. Thank you and good night. Hi, everyone. Valerie here. And on behalf of all of the ladies of Kamikaze, we'd like to thank you for listening to our podcast. If you like what you heard and you're interested in checking out more of our content, you can visit us online at ladiesofkamikaze.com. There you can read our blog, sign up for our newsletter, and if you're in the Boston area, learn how you can join us for our various events, including LadiesCon. Oh, and don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platform. Thanks again, and hope you join us next time.